And welcome back to the True Patriot Podcast, folks. We have a special guest with us here on those list of like big names that we get a chance to go out there and chat with in the kayak fishing world. We have none other than Mr. Josh Deal. Josh, welcome to the True Patriot Outfitters Podcast, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me today. You bet. It is our honor. So you and I were just talking offline here, and I wanted to hit the record and get this thing flying. We're talking about, uh, you know, I, I came over from the boat world. I'm now in the in the in your world here in the kayak fishing, and you were just getting ready to tell me a really cool story about that. So let's let's talk about where where you got your start, man. Before uh, before you were out pedaling 900 miles in your Hobie. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Right? So it's probably closer to three grand at the moment, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's something. The, now, so, you know, it's interesting for me because, uh, you know, I've been fishing my entire life, you know, been fishing since I was a little kid. And, you know, I remember sitting in front of the TV, you know, Saturday morning, Sunday mornings, watching, watching Bassmaster right? and just watching the broadcast and going, I can do that. I can be out there with those guys and I can compete. And, um, you know, I, I remember this conversation fondly because it's, it's really the, the core behind my beginnings is that when I was 15 years old, um, I was sitting with my grandpa and, uh, you know, life was kind of in, I don't want to say disarray, but my parents were going through a divorce and life was changing. And grandpa looks at me and goes, son, he says, what do you want to do for a living? I said, I want to bass fish. And he goes, he laughs at me and he's like, not <laughs> not going to happen. And I was like, what do you mean not going to happen? And he's like, you've watched those guys on TV. You've seen how good they are. And he says, you've seen what they've done. And he says, you know, it's just, we, we, we were blue collar. We don't come from that lifestyle. We don't come from that opportunity space. And, um, you know, I took that to heart. Uh, I never picked up a rod and reel with the intent to cash a check. I always pick up a rod and reel for fun. And throughout many days of just going out and fun fishing on the water, I sat there and dream of being a professional angler and I would push myself to catch volumes of fish because I wanted to prove to myself that I could compete on that stage. And, you know, uh, there was a point in time where I was in, living in Maryland and, you know, I was going out on days and catching 15, 20, 25 fish in a setting. And I was like, you know, this is starting to, I'm starting to figure some things out. I'm really starting to dial some things in. And, you know, for me, uh, when we finally moved to Georgia, my wife and I moved to Georgia, uh, I told her, I said, one of my dreams is getting in a bass boat. So I bought a bass boat, got settled into the local lake, uh, only for it to whip my butt for about the first three to six months I was down here. Um, this fishery, you know, here was nothing like I had ever encountered or, or, or ever been accustomed to. And, um, you know, it just kind of went along and a buddy of mine at work, um, also a uh, former service member, you know, he's like, Hey, he says, you need to come out and fish. He said, it's a veterans group. We're just going to we go fish uh, a series of tournaments throughout the course of the year. He said, just fun tournaments. We're all retired military or, you know, still current serving military. And he says, just get out and have fun. We join ourselves. I said, dude, I don't tournament fish. I said, I appreciate the offer, but I don't tournament fish. And he goes, just come out, just come out. I said, fine, fine. This was in, tw this was in uh, the beginning of 2019. And I was like, yeah, fine. Okay, I'll come out. And um, I came out to the event and I fished with the club and I finished fifth in my first event. And while we were sitting at weigh-ins, I was realizing all these fish that I had missed throughout the course of the day. I had a really bad day on the water. I struggled to get fish in the boat. I lost fish at the rail. Just was just one of those days where, you know, probably a little bit of emotion, probably a little bit of a sense of, hey, I haven't done this before, you know, setting in. 
Right. And uh, I, I looked at myself at the end of that tournament and said, I can fix this. Well, I came back and won the next event and came back and won the next event and then finished second in the event after that and ended up taking the club as angler of the year without ever fishing their first event. Uh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, all right, there's something there. But in the middle of that same summer, you know, I was like, a buddy of mine approached me and he said, you need to come out and kayak. I said, I've never, well, I've kayak fished a couple times, but I've never kayak fished. Um, I had done a little bit of kayak fishing with heroes on the water uh, in the Maryland chapter. And when I say a little, I mean, I think two or three events. I hadn't done a lot. Uh, it was prior to my transition down to Georgia. And um, he's like, you need to come out and fish with us. And in my first Georgia statewide event, I finished eighth. Nice. And then in my second Georgia statewide kayak event, I won. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm a little better at this fishing thing than I give myself credit to. Um, <laughs> I love to fish. I mean, I really do. And I put a lot of time and effort and passion into kind of figuring things out. And there's still a lot of things, you know, yet left to learn. But um, later in that year, towards the end of that season, uh, Bassmaster announced it was going to have its inaugural kayak season. And I was like, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to like, if I'm going to take this serious, if I like, if there was ever an opportunity to take the jump, to get my feet wet and go, this was that opportunity space. Nice. And I had never fished a national trail event before. I had never been on uh, big water with 150 or 200 anglers. You know, my biggest tournament probably had 50 or 60 people in it at most. I was like, this is going to be interesting. And I looked at my wife and, and I think it was November, December time frame. I said, this kayak I got, I said, I didn't get cut. I said, you know, I'm doing my research and looking around and I see what these people are fishing in. I was like, I'm going to go get a new Hobie PA 14. And I said, I'm going to rig it up. And I said, we're going to put my, my sights on this season. We're going to let it happen. And so Bassmaster hosted its first event in 2020 uh, in Pell City, Pell City, Alabama uh, on Logan Martin Lake. The weather was terrible. Um, the conditions were atrocious. And uh, I want to say I finished 29th out of 244. Uh, in my first national trail event. And uh, I earned my first paycheck from Bassmaster. Uh, I earned a championship qualification spot uh, for the following year. And I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That is. Those are the beginnings. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, that that's the thing. It's everybody that that you speak with in competitive fishing. I don't care whether it's boat or kayak or wherever. Anyone that you speak with, when you start going back to where that's at, there was always that light bulb moment, right? I mean, let's face it. I, I've done a lot of, of uh, a lot of podcasts in the early stages about the business side of our sport and how, something needs to break if they truly do you know want to build a future for these young anglers coming up then they need to you know we need to get grip hold on the cost of doing business there's just no question about it doesn't matter who you talk with you know unless you're the upper 1% you know the rest of us are out there scrounging away and i mean we're talking. I had a chance to interview Matt Stefan, who's been around the game 12 years at the pro level. The guy's made over a half a million in winnings, this and that. And and he still to this date is doing these videos of when he's, you know, of uh uh showing the cost just to put gas in the boat in the truck. I mean, what the heck does that tell you? You know, I mean, it was one of the reasons what moved us to the kayak side, but it's the one piece though that I do love is that there's that light bulb moment and there's that 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 uh 
Well, I call it bass fever. Hunters call it buck fever when they when they harvest, you know, a big buck. Same thing happens for bass, guys. I, it doesn't matter how big that bass is, you know, to me, the moment I see a green uh, or a smallie, it's on, man. You know, and it's it just immediately starts to hit. So, so now, if, did I hear this right? So you got started with your fishing as a kid on the kind of the northern side of the U.S. and uh, then moved uh, down to Georgia or? I'm, so my family, I'm an army brat. Okay. We're in the army. My family has a long lineage of, of, of entering the service and, and going into the service. Most of my family members have retired from the service over the years. Nice. Um, my, dad, my dad included. Uh, and when I left for the service, I thought I was going to be in the service 20 years myself. And it didn't work out that way. But I can't say that it's been a bad life because um, – my commitment to the service community has still existed throughout my professional career. And I still continue to serve my country just in different ways now. Absolutely. Um, but when it comes to, you know, as far as me, I mean, I grew up, I always tell everybody, I grew up a lot of everywhere, but a whole lot of nowhere. <laughs> moved more times than I was old up until a handful of years ago. Um, you know, when we moved to Georgia and finally got settled in down here and this has become home, home was typically where I lay my head at night. Um, you know, but before that, I mean, Kentucky, uh, you know, I, I was actually born in the state of Georgia, um, Missouri, um, Ohio, Maryland, lived out of country in Panama for a little bit, uh, just kind of gotten around um, and had that experience exposure, Oklahoma, um, Texas, Arizona. I, I've seen a lot uh, throughout the years and fished a lot of different waters throughout my career, but, uh, you know, nothing like I fish now. Right. Right. It's a different bird. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've, I try to explain that to folks when they find out that this is what we do for a living. It's, it's make no mistake. Some of the best anglers I have ever come across and never met have never fished a single tournament day one in their life. Yeah. Um, but at the same time you put them in a tournament and they'll struggle. Uh, it's, it's a different animal. It's not just going out there and, and uh, if it were that easy, well, then there'd be a lot more guys up there cashing checks. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah. You said for a level of work. I mean, I think about, you know, my average three days of practice and, and tournament, you know, I, I'll rack up somewhere between 75 and hundred miles on the Hobie. And that's, I don't run a motor on my kayak. So I, I do all that pedaling. And so that takes some work. It takes some effort. And I don't think people realize that that's, uh, you know, that's the kind of work and effort that goes into this. You know, I know that there's more and more kayaks showing up with motors on them. And I think to continue to be competitive and to make the most out of my practice, I'm going to have to evolve into that space. Uh, but for right now, uh, I haven't made that jump. Uh, it is something lingering on my brain. Um, and I'm also thinking about fishing the, uh, the opens, the Bassmaster opens out of the bass boat next year as well. Oh, no I mean, kidding. That, it's one of those things where like, if you want to chase, you got to chase. Like if you want to chase the dream, you got to go after it. Yep. You can't, you can't lay back it because what's going to happen is, you know, it kind of happened a little bit to me this year. The clock keeps turning and you keep getting older and you keep, you know, it's just another year that like, going by that's like, okay, if I really want this, I need to go get it. And yeah. I need to spend the time and the effort and the work and uh, the odds, I won't say the odds are stacked against me, but Reality-wise, I mean, look at gas prices right now. We're talking about putting gas in the boat, for instance. You know, I mean, if I go out, I told my wife the other day, I said, every time I take the bass boat out, I'm probably looking at a $100 gas bill. At the, easy. Uh, easy. Right? Yep. And then, God forbid that I go out and fish a tournament with a, even just a local pot tournament for 50 or or 100 bucks. 
an entry. So now I'm in 200 to 250 bucks between fuel and entry fee just to go play for a Saturday. Yep. And I mean, that's relatively consistent. And, you know, it takes work to stay on fish. And like, I live on a blueback herring lake. So our fish move pretty consistently. They move a lot because the bluebacks move a lot. It's not a traditional lake where I can just show up on Friday morning kind of practice and locate some schools of fish and then know that they'll pretty much be there the next day. Right. Uh, so, but this lake here, it's made me a better angler. It's really tested me and challenged me and I'm really fortunate to have it in my backyard because it really, it's really changed my game and my, my outlook on bass fishing. That's, you know, and that's super important, man, that time on the water. I've, we've been going through some struggles ourselves where we go out and practice. We feel pretty good about what we're finding. Uh, you know, I, we, we, we gain our confidence because, you know, the things that we think we're finding, we're actually confirming that we are finding these things. Then tournament day would show up and I was just, you know, trash can, just a hot dumpster fire for whatever reason. I couldn't figure it out. Jody Queen um, reached out to me and gave me some of the best piece of advice. And, and that is TOW, man. It's time on the water. You just got to put more time in. And when I started looking at all the laundry list of things, that was the, the one thing that was still lacking was not getting out there enough and just experiencing just time, you know, with the equipment, time with the gear, time with myself, time with the different, you know, different decision-making pieces. So we're, we're hoping we're going to dial up, you know, a lot of that. So when you have a good fishery that can challenge you like that close, man, that's, it's that iron sharpens iron mentality. Absolutely. Before we get going too much further, I wanted to first and foremost, thank you to you and your entire family for your service and for everything that you guys have done for us to, to make these type of things possible. We sincerely, sincerely are indebted to you guys and, and appreciate everything you've done. Well, I thank you for that. But I also felt like that was part of my obligation and responsibility back to my country. I Absolutely. mean, family lineage is just something that's been there my entire life. So. Well, and that's uh, the, those are the things that that why what drives us on the true patriot side. I'm not a veteran myself, but we are citizens out here, and I do consider myself a patriot to to do what we can for the for the veteran community and and try to you know give back in those areas. So, um, nevertheless, so you uh, you you've had an opportunity, man. To so right now you're fishing. Let's talk about the national trails you're fishing. You of course the the Hobie Boss. Um, yep. cause you, you are part of team Hobie. Is that correct? No, that's actually not something that's developed yet. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. That, that's something that I, I want to develop. That's something that, uh, I was going like to come to fruition, but, um, you know, like with anything, I want to make sure that I earn my spot on that team when that time comes for what it's worth on the, for, for a guy on the outside and just a fan of the sport, you've absolutely earned it because let's, uh, I am a motor guy, Josh. All right. Let's just be clear. I'm turning 50 this year. And the thought when I hear, and I read your articles about the miles, bro, that you put down, I get tired. My legs start cramping up and I'm thinking this guy is an absolute Hobie Mirage drive commercial waiting to happen out here. I mean, you, you know, that was the, the one of the big things for those of you out there that, that don't realize this. One of the big transition pieces from boat to kayak is that normally you don't get to fish as much water at a given body of lake. Cause if I go into a cove and I start fishing something and I don't like it in my boat, man, I drop the, the murk down and I'm gone. I'm 20 miles yep. up the deal in a kayak. 
I got to sit there and go, okay, what the hell am I doing wrong? Because I, I, I banked on this. Now they've got to be here. So where, you know, where are they? But you, sir, I have seen you paddle up and you start fishing your way out. Next thing you know, you're 10 miles the other direction out of this thing. That's nuts, man. That is a lot of water to cover with a pedal system. It is. And the other thing that comes to mind with that is speed, the speed that I can maintain on that pedal drive. Um, it's uh, when I, I put them to the wickets, Hobie knows, Hobie knows how much I put the drives to the wickets. Uh, I mean, I get that speed, I get that kayak up to four and a half to my, five miles an hour sustained on the pedals and I can hold it for two to three miles straight. And so Lord. when I think about making moves, like I'm going to pick on Ufala from 2020. Um, when we were at Ufala, I had a spot that I wanted to start at and I started there, but I had a spot that I wanted to finish at that was eight miles away. And I was like, okay, I've got to make leaps and I got to jump my zones and I got to go from this section that I want to work to this bite that I want to work to that bite I want to work. And then if all else fails, I need to be at the top because if I need to finish a limit or the fishing's top or whatnot, I need to be able to make that transition. And so to be able to put my head down and say, okay, if I can go four and a half miles an hour, I can average about a 13 minute mile in the Hobie, which means that I can move about four and a half, I can move four and a half miles in an hour. So let's go do it. Uh, and I have set myself up to do that on, on numerous events on numerous occasions. Uh, sometimes that's with the wind in my face, water coming over the front of the boat. Sometimes that's with tailwinds and you're getting that little extra speed. Uh, I'll never forget Pickwick. I mean, uh, the morning of Pickwick last year, I was doing five, like five and a half heading down to my first spot. Uh, and I mean, I was just calling because I knew where I wanted to be. And I mean, it, it paid off with the trophy that's sitting in the corner, but you know, that's that. Dude, that, that speed that I'm getting out of with my, you know, with my 24 volt drive on the back of my, of my uh, yak, man, it's I'll, I'll sustain about four and a half. And I think the other thing that people need to realize here, this is one of the reasons why I love following you is because you represent us so very well. You're a big dude. You're not one of these, you know, jockeys running around out here. I mean, you're, nope. you're, you're what? Six, four. I am six, seven, 300 pounds, six, seven, 300 pounds. Good night. Okay. So I'm a midget at six, one, two forty. Um, and people don't realize what that does in a kayak. I mean, there is a massive difference there compared to a guy that's five, nine, 160 pounds. You know, I mean, you know, when we watch uh, bless her heart, when I watch Fisher, Kristen Fisher out there, you know, and she talks about the stability of the kayak. Yeah. Well, yeah, dear. I mean, they are, we know that, but at the same time, the reason you don't move it is because you're like a buck 20 silken. Wet. <laughs> right. She can stand on the front of her kayak. I cannot. Exactly. Same kayak too. <laughs> same, kayak. Exact same kayak. She can stand on the front. I cannot. Exactly. No. It's uh, let's, you know, keeping it realistic. So that's, what's most impressive dude is that you are moving some serious gravity around out there at a, at a clip. And so, yeah, that's, uh, um, you know, we've, we looked at the, the, the pedal system, so on and so forth. And, and I'm very pleased with the pivot drive, uh, from new canoe uh, that we're running. Um, but I don't run that that much, to be honest with you. Uh, I am now, uh, I'm waiting on the delivery. Uh, it's inbound my bow mount, um, because I'm, I've been experimenting since we're still very new. I've been experimenting and I'm, I'm almost hands-free 
with the fishing and still able to use the motor in when we get the bow mount in with the foot pedal, it's just going to be a matter of where I place that foot pedal, but I will be completely hands-free. And that's for me, finding that, that common ground between just, I got so embedded in my head on the deck of my boat that the, one of the things that really gets me out there in the kayak was having between the paddle or the throttle or in the steering and a fishing rod and trying to maintain contact. And it just started for an old guy like me, the anxiety started kicking on. I'm like, okay, I'm not having as much fun. So what do I need to do to make this more fun? <laughs> but, streamlining is critical. I mean, I yeah. can't, I can't speak high enough about that. Like streamlining is everything. Like no. I've hopped in some other boats to test some other boats and I can't, there's a reason why I'm running in a Hobie. Yep. Like I have found my comfort level with it, what I like, how it comes together, where my gear sets, how much I can carry, you know, the whole design. And it's just like, and you get that, that feeling of comfortability. And once you get there, kind of locked into that brand. I mean, it just becomes it because look, I mean, I can set rods and reels beside me and not have to worry about kicking them over the side of the boat. Wow. You know? I mean, I can have, and I, you know, I usually have eight to 10 rods behind me anyways, but you know, when I'm fishing an event, I'll have two or three, you know, laying up on top of the deck, but they can relax and rest and not have to worry about knocking them overboard. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. I've been fortunate to knock on wood here that I haven't, I have only put one rod reel overboard and I had the line in my hand. So it didn't matter. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I have not, I have not lost a rod and reel to to the elements yet uh, in three years. Uh, I've been happy about that. Um, and hopefully it'll stay that way. I try to keep myself, you know, I try to keep everything in check as an angler, you know, you get, you get sidetracked, things happen, you make mistakes. Um, it's just, it's part of the game and you have to be able to deal with that. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, Jody was talking about that time on water piece. Yeah. Um, I want to echo that sentiment a little bit because I think there's a time on water piece that comes to it, but there's something else that, I try to focus on when I fish these events and it's called slowing time down. Hmm. And it's weird because I always come back to the ramp and I hear all these anchors anglers and they're like, man, time flew, time flew. And I'm like, no, time didn't fly. Time was as fast as it was every other day of the week. I said, but you get locked into that rush. You get that adrenaline pumping and, and you stop controlling yourself and you forget to relax and just own the clock. There's only one time in my fishing career where I have wanted the clock to move super, super fast. And trust me, it didn't. It even, I felt like it moved even slower, but <laughs> it was worth every minute of it. Um, and, you know, I mean, all in all, slowing time down is so critical to me because that's one of those places where mind over matter, you know, it's only when you have a grind event, you only have to catch five fish. And it sounds easy, but it can also be super difficult. And, you know, when the elites are struggling, what do they do? They put themselves on a clock, you know, I need one fish an hour. That's it. Get me one fish an hour. Let's make it go. And that's what we do. And that's what I do. I mean, that's what I did at Chickamauga this last event, you know, one fish an hour, keep the grind on. I know that I've got bigger fish here, but I know I have to mine them out. And so it's going to be slow. It's going to be tempered. And I just have to be patient with it. Can't get frustrated. Can't let the clock worry me. Just know that I have enough time. And then always remember that lightning can strike at any moment. Uh, it's the reason why I keep bolts on my jersey. And that's a personal reminder to me that no matter what happens, you need 15 minutes to catch photo release five fish. That's it. Nice. 
And as long as you keep that in mind, you know, if you're, if you're in the hunt, 15 minutes can change your entire day, change your entire week, change your entire event and be the difference in you bringing home a trophy or not. And that's the truth. as long as you keep that, you know, keep your head on straight, keep your head in the game, it's going to help separate you because a lot of anglers, they get bogged down by it. I've been there. I've gotten bogged down. Everything's going wrong. I fished a tournament with a buddy out of the bass boat the other day and everything on the front deck was on fire. I swear. I was, <laughs> I've had things tangled up. I was running into things. I was getting snagged. And I looked at my buddy and I swear to you not, I looked back and I said, I said, did you just keep effing catching fish back there? <laughs> and I said, I will get this figured out. And then I looked at him a little later in the day and I said, I'm going to call every single one of your fish. And I did. <laughs> and I was like, and it was, but it was like, I had to get my stuff together. I had to get like everything under control and get back to norm because we started out, it was foggy. We got, it just, but the, you know, the day is not going right. And all of that can unravel everything. And you got to bring it all back in, get it all back under control and know that, Hey, that's the past focus on right now, catch that next fish and keep it moving forward. Do what you know how to do. That mental aspect, you, that's amazing and phenomenal uh, coupled advice to go with that man. And thank you so much for that. And that is, that is so, uh, so drilled and, and seated in wisdom uh, <clears throat> going back, you know, I've, I've, I've had, you know, equal tournaments where we felt we had a phenomenal practice. Things were, you know, exactly setting up the way we wanted. We start the day and the first, you know, first piece we cast out for whatever reason, uh, you know, the, the Ned decides to find the first rocket can and lock in there and bang, we're snapping off. So now we've got, you know, one rod down and it, for those that are unaware of retying, uh, you know, on the boat is like the last thing that you want to do unless you're on a, you know, if you don't have other options, that's why we carried 30 rods in the boat with us. It's so we don't have to retie. I moved to the next rod. That's got the next, you know, same bait tied up on it, you know, but yeah, uh, we've, uh, we've had those days where just nothing seemed to, to want to go right in the beginning <coughs> and laughing about it. And, calming your brain down and foot refocusing going back so huge to try to salvage, you know, those results. Well, I know I'm sorry. Go ahead. So there's some, there is one staple that I take away from that and something that sits in my brain regularly. And that's uh, I don't know where I got it from, but it was a, it was a KVD moment. And uh, you know, Kevin Van Dam was uh, I guess on the boat and he was throwing a trap into some grass and he was fishing an area and he, he hooked the fish and it came off on the way to the boat, you know, four or five pounder, threw back out, hooked again, fish came off on the way to the boat, did it a third time, same thing happens. He looks at the cameraman and says, I know what they're eating. And he goes back <laughs> and it's like, exactly. He's, <laughs> he's absolutely right. I know what they're eating. Just keep doing it and let it work itself out. And, right. it and you have to, and that's the, that's and sharpen your hooks. That's right. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I've watched five and six pound fish come off the boat, come off at critical moments. And it's like, it's heartbreaking. It's like, no, 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 no. There's still two hours left on the clock. Get back in there. Yeah. Like you're not done. You're not allowed to quit. You're not allowed to roll over. You're not allowed to cash it in. And if you finish in eighth place, you finish in eighth place. Who cares? Like you right. come out and you did, you, you left it all on the table and you can't, you can't hang your head about that. Well, this in this sport has, you know, it's one of the best piece of advice I was ever given is as much as you want it to be a science, it's not, it's an art form. 
And, you know, you, you can have a lot of logic built in science, but at the same time, every time you think you've got, you know, there, there's no constants, you know, that are out there. It's when you think you got it figured out, mother nature will slap you in the head and go, Hey, guess what? We're going to do something different today. <laughs> Heart sale is a constant reminder of that on a daily basis. Heart sale is? Heart sale, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's my local lake. If you gotcha. think you've got it figured out, like if you caught 17 pounds in practice, like I did the other day. You might as well not show up for fish the tournament because they're gone. <laughs> you won't be there. Like you won't be able to find them. And look, I cosplayed the fish in a tournament this past Saturday. I put up 17 pounds in practice on one hump on Friday. And Saturday morning is like, I'm not, I'm going fun fishing because I know that I'm going to have to rechase them because they will have made a significant move. I think we had 11 pounds on Saturday. And right. it wouldn't be competitive, 20 pounds won the event. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's the, 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 that constant changing, ever evolving piece is one of the things, the grind is what I fell in love with the sport, you know, when, when it was, uh, you know, first, when I was first starting off with it, 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 I knew I had it bad when the early morning and the maintenance on the gear, uh, the practice, the time, everything going into it, it didn't bother me. I actually looked forward to the grind. I, I wanted that you know, that, that feeling there to go out for just a chance to put it on display, you know, on one given day and, and see what comes out of it. But yeah, finding the, the good in there, you know, that, that is, you try to, you know, build your confidence from that piece because confidence to me is just so critical. Um, it's why we end up going back to the same two, three baits every damn time because <laughs> it's what, you know, catches fish, you know, in, in a given area, but I so mine the other day, I was like, look, I said, you need to go out in your boat. And I see you need to dork around. I said, you need to take a day. And you need to be okay with going out and catching nothing. I said, you need to pick up a series of baits you've never picked up before. You need to run a technique or a pattern you've never done and you need to execute it. And then come back at the end of the day and reflect on, hey, this is what I did. As an example, I don't typically crank on Clark Sill. I don't typically crank on some Clark Sill. But on Friday, I intentionally went out, I picked up a crankbait, I did nothing but target humps, and I had a big old goose egg, and then I rolled up to a hump and set up on it, and like fireworks. And wow. you know, it, it's one of those moments that like, even if it doesn't happen the next day the same way, it gives you an extra boost of confidence in that bait or that technique or that approach. And you have to do that, whether it's a drop shot, whether it's a crankbait, whether it's a jig, it doesn't matter. You have to take a day, you need to pick it up, you need to go dork around with it and not care if you don't catch fish. Right. Uh, and learn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, I went through a, a series where I actually um, was, I learned this lesson the hard way. During my practice time for some of these bodies of water, I would try different patterns and techniques to see if I could you know, discover something. That was what I was telling myself. The problem was I wasn't learning what I needed to learn and practice. I wasn't learning the body of water the way I should have. So I was using that time improperly. But then we started, you know, again, it goes back to that you need additional time outside of practice to just go do that, you know, to try a different my finesse game is garbage and it's not because I don't know how to tie a drop shot. It's not that I don't know how to use a Ned rig. I know how to use these techniques very, you know, efficiently. I just don't like to at all. It is the most 
boring kind of fishing to me. I, I want to be cranking. I want to be, you know, slow rolling something. I'd rather be dragging a, a Carolina rig than, you know, hopping with my egg beater in my hand, you know, hopping around a drop shot all day long. And unfortunately, I live in a section of the country where you better learn how to drop shot and Ned rig, or you're just not going to catch a whole lot of, you know, fish otherwise yeah. than, uh, than that. So because of zoom and its awesomeness now they limit us on our time here. So we're going to have the zoom calls going to drop, um, okay. but then we'll restart right back up. Um, uh, so literally I'll uh, uh, actually, I'll send you another invite right back after that. And then we'll just put okay. this together in between. Cause it says it's got okay. less than a minute to go, but uh, there's more I wanted to cover with you, man. This is, this is going well. So folks, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to the true Patriot outfitters podcast. And welcome back, folks. Here we got our Zoom issues figured out, so we're going to keep uh, moving. Sooner or later, I won't be a cheapskate, and I'll upgrade to pro so I can go over 40 minutes. But <laughs> I, I believe in cutting the budget every place I can. <laughs> so, all right, so we've got the Hobie Boss series. You're fishing that uh, that complete schedule. Is that is that right? That's No, that's actually, uh, you know, I wish I could fish that complete schedule. Look, if I could fish every national trail event between Hobie and Bass and Wood, uh, I'm fishing the entire Bassmaster circuit. Right. Uh, I've already told John Stewart and company, like I committed to Bassmaster because they gave me my start. They got me, they got me in the hunt and they got me in the fire. Right. And, and, you know, I, I'm committed to seeing that grow and watching that develop and, and how that unfolds. And Hobie, uh, you know, I won't forget, you know, AJ McWhorter calling me and go, hey man, we built this circuit guys like you and i'm like yeah i know i said and i plan to get out there more you're going to see more of me i got to figure out how to feather it into my schedule right. you know similar to kind of you know what we were talking about offline before we started you know the history of how it starts you know really like my career is one big sponsorship from me fishing every national trail event you know and when i say one big sponsorship i'm not talking like anything stupid crazy but it's one big sponsorship for me getting out there and being able to go to every national trail event and make everything swing um you know because that's what it takes like i mean you need yep. you need that little bit of help i mean i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna i'm gonna place and i'm gonna cash checks and i'm i'm gonna be able to execute that piece but right now like i take a lot of that among hide and the sponsors that I do have, I'm super grateful for what they bring to the table. Uh, and I just try to make sure that I give it back to them in return. Well, I'll tell you, man, you, you are one of those guys that is always in the hunt. Um, everywhere you go, you are fishing competitive uh, out there. And that is, at the end of the day, that is what, you know, the sponsorship pieces, you know, they're looking for is they just, they want to know that you're, they're being represented properly and that they're, they're relevant. They remain relevant in conversation. And how that happens is those guys like you that are out there that are, that are staying competitive, no matter what type of water you're fishing, whether you're down South, up North, doesn't matter. So, you know, I I'll openly admit I left bass, um, for the FLW and the MLF, just because of opportunity, there was more chance to fish against bigger fields, bigger paychecks, and I could fish around the country, you know, regionally a little bit easier with those organizations. And then as I started noticing the kayak game was exploding, seeing Bass's name around the kayak side there, 
I was actually thoroughly, thoroughly excited that I was able this year, I renewed my Bass membership for the first time in many years because we're, you know, I joined our local Bass Club here. We're going to have a chance to, to qualify through the state. And next year, I too am planning to, to get an opportunity to go out there and have you beat up on me uh, as one of the rookies out there on the Bass scene. You know, and that's, I think, what, what other people don't realize is one nice thing about kayak is that in the kayak competition, there'll be seven, eight, nine, ten events, but it angler of the year goes off of your best four or five. Yep. So it makes it more flexible for those of us, you know, to, to kind of pick and choose because man, it was getting to the point that it didn't even at a BFL level, uh, you know, which is a regional level with uh, the MLF. Yep. Um, each one of my events was just over a thousand dollars for me to travel, to yep. get there, to compete, um, put a little bit of food in my face, you know, and, and get out of there. Um, it was, you know, just over a thousand. Now, if I was doing the math here with the gas prices, it's probably, you know, 13, $1,400 at a minimum just oh, yeah. to go to an event, you know? So, uh, and you had to fish. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had to fish all five or, you know, you wouldn't, you know, most of the, the places that I went to out there, I, I can tell you, uh, you know, I was in the Ozark division there for a while. There's some serious hooks in those divisions, man. And Absolutely. you, you zero on one or have one fish on one uh, event, you're done. You know, yep. you've got no shot at that gig, you know, other than maybe um, you'll have an opportunity for, you know, ma making the regional, you know, so to speak, that's, uh, that's pretty much, you know, the, the best that you're going to, you're going to swing there. So I think um, me is a perfect example of that because I'm currently sitting in fourth in the Bassmaster AOI and uh, I've had a good year. I can't say that I had a great year. I had a better season last year. Uh, my year last year was incredible last year. Um, it'd be a different story to put the two of them together, but this year it's been good. It hasn't been, it hasn't been, I won't say it's been great. I feel like I've got more in the tank. I just haven't been able to get it to come forward right. and uh, you know i got an event left on it but i can't i can't win aoi and bassmaster this year i'm in the hunt um but i mean you know those guys they're on fire at the moment like they are fishing out of their they're fishing lights out out of their mind uh, you know Siddiqui is a perfect example of that i mean that man is just on fire this year yeah and he's just bouncing from event to event to event and he just just keeping it turning and that's one thing. I mean, I still work a 40 hour week back here, back home and sure. still contribute back to, you know, making sure that I put enough time into, into my family and then into my fishing and, and, and just remain competitive. I don't know how different it would be if I could travel, you know, and practice for three, five, six days for an event and prep and just kind of move from event to event. I think it would be different. Uh, I think that uh, what you would see out of me would improve, but um, I, I'm very happy with what I've done so far with my limited schedule. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've fished this year alone. I've fished eight. No, I fished nine national trail events this year already. And I have one left. Wow. Uh, maybe, maybe two if I choose to squeeze one in. Right. Right. Well, and maintaining a full-time job to boot, man, that is, that is no small feat. That is uh, incredible. If you don't mind me asking, what do you do? Uh, what gets in the way of fishing? Uh, <laughs> I'll say cybersecurity. Cybersecurity oh, is okay. the best way to paint that picture. Nice. Uh, on the perks, I'm not running around getting all physically exhausted. You know, what I'm doing 
is, you know, at the keyboard, you know, and flying a keyboard. Yep. Yeah. I mean, no, nah, that's what I do. Cybersecurity. So nice. Nice. 23 years in the IT industry myself. And uh, I got, I got thoroughly burnt enough to the point that I knew I wanted to go fishing and do this work more than I wanted to go back. <laughs> so I still may have to grow up. Who knows? You know, if this doesn't work out, if we don't uh, find our flugel binder in there somewhere, we may have to go back and play in the IT world again. But um, so, it's been really good to me. That's awesome. So speaking on the sponsor side, um, the reason you ended up on my radar um, is uh, multiple reasons full, but what brought you quickly was five by three. They are one of your current sponsors right now. Is that correct? They are. Uh, yep. It's a privilege to be with them. Great group of guys. I'm so glad that they brought the brand and brought it here to the local area and they are totally committed and invested in it. I can't speak highly of them enough. I mean, they're amazing people. I love working with them. You know, you and Doug Chapin both uh, had said that when Doug gave me, you know, put his name behind it, it got my attention because I, I was, you know, part of the uh, the past history as far as watching it unfold. I was never, um, the, the first five by three gear I've ever purchased has now been since these new owners took over. <laughs> I, I never bought it back in those days, but I always loved the motto. You know, I love the, the philosophy piece because uh, it, it represents obviously what we do every day. Who else is on the, the list of your current uh, current sponsors that are helping you with this right now? So my current sponsors consist of five by three, as we've already talked. I have Summerland Outdoors out of Columbus, Georgia. Uh, that's a partnership that I picked up at the beginning of this year. I've been really happy to have them on board. Uh, just a great opportunity to kind of help in their market space, but also, you know, help me out with some of the things that I need. Uh, I work with uh, Socks and Cookies. Uh, that's more of a charitable sponsorship more than as anything. I think I'm sponsoring them more than maybe they're sponsoring me, but <laughs> it's like, look, they're doing a very similar thing to what you're doing with taking care of our veterans. They put together care packages and send care packages to our troops overseas. Outstanding. Socks and Cookies is an amazing organization. And Shannon Modisette, who runs that program, uh, she's based out of Arkansas. And uh, we communicate regularly. I've helped her with the Kick and Bass for Troops kayak trail that's taking place and, and those events and getting that set up. And uh, just a team of people committed to doing great things for the community. That's awesome. Uh, so I got them and then I've got, uh, I'm on board with Swagger Tungsten out of Minnesota. Um, Swagger, that product is something that got in front of me a few years back. And it's just been something that uh, it's the only weight that I have in my box. You know, uh, I've been really happy with the product. I've been really happy with the deliverable, the options that they bring to the table. Um, phenomenal organization, um, a small pro staff base. Um, you know, they're not yep. the size pro staff that you find with a Wu or a Titan or something like that. Yep. I think there's only 200 people nationwide on the pro staff for Swagger. Uh, so that's it's, big. It's a, it's a, it's a good community, a great group of guys. And, uh, you know, just everybody's trying to make it in the industry. Right. right. And then, uh, I don't want to forget Chase Bates, um, Chase Bates USA. Um, uh, buddy Praz over there um, reached out to me at the beginning of this year and, and asked me to come on the Chase Bait staff. Um, that's been an interesting, uh, interesting adventure and journey. Uh, if you look through some of my old social media, you'll see me traveling around with Chase Bait's kayak on my on my trailer, and that's because my co-traveler that runs with me to a lot of these national events, uh, Dan Krispinski, he's been on Chase Bait staff for I want to say probably the last two years. And he's 
Um, he's new canoe as well, isn't he? He is. Yeah, because that's that's I noticed that unlimited on your social channel. I'm like, hey, look at there. <laughs> oh yeah. So that new canoe has been seen a lot of miles, and it's been wrapped in the chase baits, uh, in the chase baits wrap for a while, and it's been good. Uh, we love running around the country. They make a great product. Uh, very flexible. They've been very accommodating. Uh, just trying to help them build their base in the U.S. Um, they make some really unique products. I really love their paddle tails uh, and some of their glide baits that they make. Um, nice. My buddy Dan uh, <clears throat> he, uh, loves their craw. Uh, their craw. I can't remember the name of it off the top. Um, he really loves their craw. It got him a second place at Fork in the inaugural season of Bassmaster. Good stuff. Um, so, uh, just a lot of history and a lot of great people there. And I always feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It happens all the time. Yeah, no, no problem. And uh, that's the beauty of, you know, the recorded stuff. If we forget one, we'll come back and we'll throw it in there later, you know, and <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll throw in. So that's, uh, and like we've talked, Ben, without that support system, um, you know, the, the having the, you know, folks getting a chance to get to know you know who you are at your core um, and how you're going to represent out there. We just can't, you know, you can't chase this dream anymore without that, whether that comes in the form of a discount, whether that comes in the form of some baits or whether that's a financial, you know, boost to help, you know, ease some of the cost to, to get you down the road, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. It's so, so critical. And then of course, our support structure of our families giving us the room to do this, you know, and, and chase this stuff. That is a big, big part of that uh, for sure. So you... I mean, there, there's something about like, uh, you know, you look through social media and people talk about pro staff versus sponsors versus, you know, versus discounts versus, you know, paid deals and whatnot. Look, any company or organization that is willing to take time out of their day to invest in me helps me, even if it's only a little bit, helps me further my career. It gives me an opportunity space, whether that's to buy more equipment to invest more time into the sport or just to put the right things in my hands. And for that, like, I mean, I'm eternally grateful to each and every one of those organizations. And if the partnership concludes because we go our different ways, I mean, that's part of the business, but I have the utmost respect for those brands and what they bring to the table. And there's a reason why I work with them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's so easy to, you know, uh, to kind of sit back and armchair quarterback things, but until you're in that space, till you're in the, you know, the, the thick of the weeds, everybody has their own, uh, their own story. Everybody has their own set of needs. Uh, and Hey man, what, if there's an agreeable, you know, piece that can, can, you know, be found between those two parties, who in the hell are we to say, you know, say otherwise, and somebody else's, you know, whatever works for them is if they're out fishing and they're out competing, and and they're you know living and doing something that they you know perhaps normally wouldn't. That's at the end of the day. That's that's really what this is all about. I don't care if it's in a boat or a kayak or whatever. But I completely agree. There. I completely agree. You know, so we've got bass is the primary circuit we're chasing, doing a little bit dipping into the Hobie. Have you, uh, I'm going to throw it out there to you because this is a group of guys that I've had an opportunity to meet just because of the neck of the woods that they're based out of that I'm really enjoying. And we, we've got a few, few more events uh, that we're going to be doing with them this year. The All-American Kayak Series. Have you seen any, uh, any of that stuff? I have. I have. Yeah. Short the travel distance because basically I'm looking at a 12-hour minimum travel commitment. To get to Missouri, yeah. 
Yeah, twelve hour travel commitment for any one of those events. It's a little bit hard to factor that in right now. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'd like to see that develop further. I'd like to see that come, you know, expand a little bit more and kind of see how that takes shape. Um, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the opportunity space. Trust me, if I can get my get myself out there and compete, and I would love to. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I've fished one of their events at Truman. Um, I have a, I love the Ozark waters kick my butt every time I go to them, but I absolutely love that section of the country. I love the people down there. Everybody's so stinking friendly and angler friendly. Um, they get it, man. They, they know, I mean, everybody, you know, down there, a bass boat with a wrap is pretty common, you know, out here, you see a bass boat with a wrap means someone's lost you know? <laughs> here in Colorado. <laughs> they made the, the wrong term at, uh, you know, at Albuquerque, there, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, we went to Truman there and had a chance to meet, uh, their tournament director, Joshua Booth and, uh, uh, the guy that, uh, you know, one of the things I took away from this, um, where it was some good confidence is that I had never really fished this section of Truman, but the one area that I eyeballed and I launched from, and I went up and got into, there was only one other guy there in this area of Truman. Um, and he and I shared this space for the day. Um, I basically made sure it was kind of like a big bowl, if you will. Yeah. It was a gravel, uh, old gravel pit. And I made sure to stay on the other side of the moon from him. You know, I give him that much space as I jumped in and started, you know, running run the outside. Well, we get done by the day and I can tell it's, it's about noon or so. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm a hot dumpster fire over there for whatever reason. And I can tell dudes boating fish though, you know, going right back over top of the same stuff I'm fishing and vice versa. And I yell over to him, hey, man, you, uh, you got a shot at this? And he's like, I think I'm in the lead by about three inches right now. I'm like, I'll tell you what. I'm getting out of here, you know? So I just gave him his space. The guy won the place, you know? And, and so I took that, they, Hey, the only two guys to come in and fish here are the guy that won it. And then, you know, my dumb butt, but at least, you know, we, we were gauging and, you know, our execution was our problem at that point. It wasn't, it wasn't anything else. The fish knowledge was there. I felt good about the area that we had found, you know, and, uh, and got into. So it's a great group of guys. And yeah, the Ozark seems to be uh, the kind of the central hub. They are going up to lacrosse, which I am super excited. I spent 10 years in Minnesota and uh, yeah, lacrosse is uh, I've shared the water with a bunch of kayak guys up there with back in my boat days. So I am, I was so jealous of the areas they could get into in those backwaters that I could not take my boat into. And so I'm looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, the first time I ever went to lacrosse, um, I caught a hundred fish, over a hundred fish on my first tournament day on lacrosse. <laughs> incredible. I mean, and the thing is, it's not like 25th or 26th in the event. I had fish for days, but I couldn't time. Yeah, that place will do it to you every now and again, especially pool eight. Um, yep. There's there's times where it boils up up there. You know, you can damn near walk across them, but you just give anything for a three and a half pounder. You know, in there. So where are you? <laughs> well, listen, Joss, this has been awesome talking fishing with you, learning about you. Um, I can guarantee you have a fan for life. Now we are going to be uh, following you and throwing out uh, the updates uh, for those folks out there. We'll be throwing up all of the social channels here. Real deal fishing, man. This is uh, you want to, you want to start following this guy um, and uh, you're going to learn about fishing. You're going to have an awesome time watching the, the cool photos coming down out there. 
Um, and again, thank you so very much for, for everything that you uh, and your entire family have done for this country and for to allow us to go out and, and do these kind of things. We're, we're eternally grateful. And uh, man, this is uh, hopefully we can make this a, a, a kind of a, a common thing where we catch up with you and just see how, you know, throughout the season, see how things are going. You say you have one, maybe two events left. I definitely have Pickwick. I have to go back and defend my title on Pickwick for the Bassmaster Circuit. And then um, I got to figure out what the details are for the KBF National Championship. Due to COVID, I didn't get into it. Well, I was qualified, but the COVID mess has had things kind of worked up. So yep. I might have the KBF National Championship on my radar this year. That's awesome. That is awesome. We are we are definitely going to be following along with that and, and watching from there. And and uh, yeah, for a Hobie, if you're paying attention, I mean, you need this guy in the team. I mean, I think that's kind of a given. Uh, that's at least in my opinion that's uh that's an absolute must i mean that's you're like i said you're a mobile commercial for them and I, I, dude when you get a motor uh just know i'm tipping one back for you at that point <laughs> and i'm finally celebrating for your legs to take a break <laughs> you can't tell from the video but i threw my back out yesterday oh no messing with a shovel out in the yard digging the trench for some work that we're doing here around the house and right I'm, I've been hobbling around the house all day today. And yesterday, I had to go to the doctor this morning and get meds. And like, I'm supposed to be on you follow this weekend for kayak fishing league. So um, <laughs> I'll be ready. I'll be there. Oh gotta, my gracious! A couple days. Yeah. See, when things get in the way of fishing, bad things happen. That's just that's what I'm taking from that whole thing. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, thank you again so very much. We are very honored to have you here and just know you're, uh, you're welcome here anytime. Anything we can do to help you consider us an asset and a resource. We're here, uh, here to help out in any way we can. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. This has been a great experience. So, and keep doing what you do. I love it. We'll do. We'll do. All right, folks, uh, stay tuned. We'll have, uh, we'll have some more updates here on the True Patriot Outfitters podcast. Tight lines. Be safe.